So before before the talk <coughs> before the talks uh, begin uh, on the Saturday evening, we will take the precepts once a week. So uh, I don't know if you have the the, the sheet or or you just repeat. So you can just repeat after me. Ahambante Tisarinina Saha Atanga Samanagatang Uposate Silang Damanya Chami Anugang Katava Silang Dita Me Bante to the MP. Ahambante Tisarinina Saha Atanga Samanagatang Uposate Silang Damang Yachami Anugang Katawa Silang Dita Nebante Tadiyampi Ahambante Tisarinina Saha Atanga Samanagatang Uposate Zilang Damang Yachami Anugang Katawa Zilang Dita Me Pante Yamang Vadami Tang Vadita Namotas Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Panati Pata Viramani Sorry, I forgot to put the refute. 
बुद्धं सरनंगचामी धमं सरनंगचामी संघं सरनंगचामी तुरिंपी बुद्धं सरनंगचामी तुरिंपी धमं सरनंगचामी Tutiyampi Sanghang Saranangachami Tutiyampi Buddhang Saranangachami Tutiyampi Dhammang Saranangachami Tutiyampi Sanghang Saranangachami Now for the precepts. Panati pata veramini sikha padang samadhyami. No repeat. Adinna dana veramini sikha padang samadhyami. Abrakmacharya Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Musavada Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Sura Mireya Majja Pamadattana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Vikala Bhojana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vajita Visukadasana Malaganda Vilepana Dharana Mandana Vibhusanatana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Ocha Sayana Mahasayana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Sharing the merit. Idang me punyang, Savakayang, Vayang Utu, Idang me silang, Nibbanas, Pachia Utu, Mama Punya Bagang, Sabasatanang, Bagimi. Tesabe Punyabagang Labantu
this week I had uh, an idea, so I will give the suggestion and uh, I will see uh, what is your opinion. So, uh, from today, everybody will have to shave their heads and uh, tomorrow we'll give you a ball and uh, you will have to go for arms in the village. <laughs> and uh, there will be no breakfast. <laughs> so you will eat what you bring back. <laughs> so this is just a joke, no? So <laughs> because last week I, s I took a book and then I spoke about the, um, the monk's life. Because this is where th those are the texts that are uh, uh, available. This is the text. This is the way also that uh, the teachings wa was transmitted wa to us. It was through the monks, and also the teaching that the Buddha was giving was recorded uh, by the text. But also the teachings also uh, refer to the lay people. And also, I decided to choose that uh, sutta uh, that is speaking with about monks because uh, you will be in, re in retreat now for two months or four months and uh, you will have to cope with uh, at least three months, three monks for four months. <laughs> so you will have to see us and you will have also to, uh, to understand and to put yourself in the mood <coughs> of the monastic uh, discipline, in the mood of the contemplative uh, discipline, which is uh, what, we, what we find in the monastery when, when, when we go to Asia. And uh, there, the monastic setting is, uh, is part of life, it is part of the society. So when we come, when people want to learn meditation or when they want to take the precepts or things like that, they go to the monastery and uh, the monks uh, have the duty to, uh, uh, to support them and to explain them and to give the precepts and uh, just to be and uh, keep, keep the place supporting for the, for the people to come. So last week also I said about the, the gradual training. So the teaching of the Buddha can be summarized with the three aspects of the morality uh, and then concentration or calmness of the mind and the panya, the wisdom, understanding. So we have sila, samadhi or panya. We must probably all know that, and uh, the what they say about what they say uh, to explain the meaning of uh, the gradual uh, training is that uh, uh, those things are kind of subdivisions that will complete the the, the three trainings. Like uh, it will make the gap between sila and samadhi, and also the gap between samadhi and panya. Also, I also mentioned that the, the Dhamma is uh, when we practice it, it is good at the beginning, it is good in the middle, and it is good at the end. So we should always remember that that even if it's hard, even if we are not uh, always getting a, a very uh, high result, the result is there, and it's the result of uh, practicing, practicing sila practicing samadhi and practicing panya.
the practice of sila, the practice of uh, morality. I like to combine the word of, uh, you know, the word of ethic. So it is ethic, no? The, the, the moral, uh, the, the, the behavior that uh, everybody is having. This is uh, the ethical code, so it's called ethic. So I like also to compare that with uh, the word aesthetic. Aesthetic. Huh? So, in the sense that uh, the the ethic, the ethic of sila, the ethic of morality, virtue, makes our life also very beautiful. So the ethic is aesthetic, because when we are doing good things and then we are not harming anyone and we are good for uh, ourselves and to the whole world, then it's, it, our life becomes very beautiful. So aesthetic is connected with uh, with beauty and also. Uh, the good life is uh, connected with uh, with beauty, so our life becomes uh, art. So, uh, the more you practice now, still, although you have been practicing for a week, uh, still you see that uh, it's a gradual training in the sense that uh, you have still to settle down and uh, gradually you come to uh, to become more comfortable and. Uh, and um, and also the you start to enjoy the, the fruit of your meditation. So in the gradual training, what we saw uh, last week is, the, is that uh, uh, first it is starting with the mor moral precepts, and uh, the person is uh, abstaining from doing wrong things, uh, whether uh, physically or verbally. And then he gets uh, contentment because uh, his consciousness is pure and uh, he has nothing to blame for himself. So another uh, uh, description that, give, that they give in the text is that uh, once the precepts, once the morality is fulfilled, the, mor the, morality, the morality of the, of the monastic code or the morality of the uh, lay people's uh, uh, ethics, then uh, what comes next is contentment, to be contented, contented with a few wishes. So we become easily contented. So when they speak about that in the text, they speak about the monks. And uh, they say that the monk is uh, happy with uh, just the robes to cover his body and just the food that he gets with the uh, arms and uh, just th with the medicine that he is uh, getting with it. So, uh, if you have been to Asia here also, you can find monks, but uh, uh, it, they are not as obvious as, uh, as uh, we find in Asia. So, sometimes we see monks, and uh, some monks are really contented, and just that fact is very inspiring. So I'd like to give you the, an example of a, a monk that I know there. He has been a monk for uh, more than 35 years, and that monk is very, very easily contented. So uh, whatever he gets, he, he is satisfied with it, like the food that he is getting. He never asks for special food, just what is given at the monastery. He is happy to eat that, and it is very simple. And although the monastery is very rich, he never accepts more than uh, what is necessary. So, 
uh, if we ask him for medicine, then if he is sick, he will take it. But otherwise, he will not take. Uh, he will not take anything. So in his kuti, uh, in his uh, room, there is only the bed and the, ro the, 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 the the his robes and the bowl and just the basic things. He has not. Uh, he's not. He has nothing. It's a very small kuti, and he is very contented with that. And all the day he is doing his meditation, and uh, so it is very inspiring. So even we, we give him a towel, and uh, if he finds the towel is too big, he will cut it in two and give the towel to another another person. <laughs> and then when he uses the towel, he will use it until there is all there are holes in the towel, and he will not accept a new one until the towel is completely finished. And uh, that monk also he likes to write very much, and uh, he. He has a lot. Of, he has books in his head. He is very creative, and he takes a pen and he can write very uh, uh, easily. However, because he doesn't want to disturb his meditation, he doesn't write. He he, he limits his writing to very uh, uh, very little. So when he is writing, uh, he is writing. He is taking calendar sheets, and he is writing on the on the opposite side. So it is just to say that uh, we can. Uh, be happy with uh, just the basic needs. And the basic needs of our life are the food huh, we need to eat, and then uh, this is the, the, the shelters we need to, to get protected from the, from the, uh, from the, 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 the bad weather, uh, the bad weather and the temperature. And uh, then the medicine also. <laughs> we need to, to take medicine if we fall sick. And uh, also, also the clothing, we need to clothe ourselves. So this is the basic. Uh, except that, uh, everything is almost, uh, it is uh, superfluous. So I think if we are able to content ourselves and then to, uh, to make our life more simple by trying to, uh, to be moderate in our wishes, in, in our craving to get more and more, uh, we will be more happy. And uh, like in the Dhammapada, it is said that uh, the greatest wealth is contentment. The greatest wealth is satisfaction. So if we are satisfied, if we are contented, then just the basic need will be enough. So when we are here, uh, all the facilities are provided and it's quite, uh, uh, for normal standard, it is quite uh, comfortable. So we shall be very delighted and we shall be uh, contented with what is there. So. Not to, uh, I don't say that you are complaining, hmm? but uh, just in your heart, just remember, oh, actually, I don't need this or I don't need that extra uh, things that I am uh, really wishing for. It doesn't, need, it doesn't mean that we should not improve our life or trying to, to get the things uh, uh, to be better. It just means that uh, if our needs are satisfied for living, then this is enough for us to, uh, to practice our meditation and to be, uh, to be peaceful and happy in our life. So the next step that is uh, talked about is guarding the senses, guarding the, the sense of the, guarding the sense doors. So they say that uh, when 
we are looking at something when we are looking at a visible object, a visible form or color, then uh, we see that uh, unwholesome states of mind don't overpower our mind. So, what, what, and then also when we are hearing something, then we see, uh, we see that the sound is not uh, overpowering uh, our mind in the, in the sense of. Uh, of uh, negativities in the sense of craving and attachments and things that is, that is going to disturb us. So we have to be careful with this. And the same with the, all, the, all the senses, that is the, the, uh, the, the smell and then the taste and then the, the, the touching of the body. Whatever contact we are having, so we should be uh, aware to protect our mind, but to protect our mind when we come in contact with, uh, with sense object and uh, to see what is the impact of these objects on our self and then not to allow unwholesome states of mind to, uh, to get in. And uh, the more you practice and uh, the more we practice, the more we see uh, how this is operating and at a certain point we, come v we become very sensitive of uh, the impact of the senses on, uh, on our mind. And uh, if we have enough uh, discernment, then we can, s we, we, we can be, uh, we can make a distinction, you know, what is, uh, what the, the input that I am getting from the senses, how do I interpret it, how does it affect my mind, and then to see, now it's, it's on the good side, now when I am, when I am having these uh, sense contact, it's not affecting my mind where the mind will go into uh, unwholesome states. And uh, uh, and also the opposite. When you get uh, in contact with uh, sense objects, then you see that uh, it is uh, affecting. It's not affecting the mind. You see, when it is uh, affecting the mind in a in a in a bad sense, if you if you get agitated, or then you are, you you are careful not to uh, not to let it not to let it invade uh, your mind. So we can say, like for example, we, 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 we could have a, a sense detector, that is we have a green light and then a red light. So uh, we are aware <coughs> if the uh, defilement is arising when we are in touch uh, with a sense object, then we are aware that okay, now we have to be careful, a sense object has a, has a impede that is disturbing us, and then we don't, if it's not uh, uh, also, then we should uh, we should discard it, and uh, we should protect our sense. So in that way, uh, the mind becomes pure because we we are able to protect it whenever we are in contact with the uh, sense objects. Hmm? Also, a good way to protect the mind is that uh, when if you keep your attention all the time on your meditation object, then then there is no way that uh, the senses are going to disturb you so much because the mind is uh, is a uh, Attentive to your uh, to 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 the to the meditation itself, so it's not going to uh, to be affected so much. But when the mind is not so uh, concentrated, then we have to be aware of the impact of the senses on the, uh, on ourselves. So also we spoke about the, the content, not the contentment, but the happiness that we are getting from that. So uh, when we are able to guard, to guard the sense properly, then another type of uh, happiness also is happening. Because 
uh, normally, uh, in the normal life, very often people, they, 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 get, uh, they get polluted by their environment in the sense that uh, everything that is uh, uh, getting in, in contact with them, it is affecting their mind and they, they, they get angry, they get greedy, they get uh, full of uh, mental disturbances because they don't know how to protect their mind. So that possibility and that, uh, that uh, possibility and the fact that you are able to, uh, to protect your mind give you, gives you a great uh, sense of uh, happiness. And that's uh, another type of happiness that we are getting from from uh, from the practice. So, the next step that is described in the um, in the text is the to be mindful with full understanding, sati, sampajanya. So once uh, the person is able to, uh, to, to do those things, those preliminaries, then the next step is uh, to be uh, always mindful and then fully aware, uh, fully understanding. So to be mindful is... Uh, the definition of mindfulness can be a little bit delicate, but uh, I will just explain it uh, briefly here. And uh, I can say that uh, it's uh, the quality of the mind, the quality of the mind that is present. And uh, that quality of the mind that is present is able to know the objects properly. They, it, they are able to, to know the objects uh, totally. So the mindfulness Actually, the English term for uh, that term, sati, mindfulness is quite good. That means the mind is fully uh, aware of something specific. And the normal uh, causes or the normal, uh, not the normal, but the, the foundation for that, uh, for that type of mindfulness, for that type of mindfulness, the objects of the mindfulness are the four satipatthana. That is, uh, you can be mindful of the body, and then you are mindful of the uh, sensation, the Vedana, and you are mindful of the mind, which uh, englobes uh, many things, and uh, you are also mindful of the Dhamma. So I will not go in details for the Satipatthana, but just to say of the quality of mindfulness. Mindfulness is very important. So mindfulness also is always going together. Not always, but uh, in the practice, it should go together with the full understanding. And the uh, full understanding is uh, divided in four, according to the commentaries. So before I speak about the four type of full understanding, I will uh, start with, uh, well, not before I speak about them, but uh, I will start with the first type of full understanding, and it's called the uh, full understanding of purpose, Sattaka Sampajanya. And uh, 
Now I would like to, to say uh, a sentence of a writer, and uh, I think he is American, and he says, uh, uh, the tragedy of life is not to not achieve our goal. The tragedy of life is not to have a goal. So what is the goal of our life? What is the purpose of our life? So we can have a big purpose, we can have a big goal in our life, but actually life is uh, also divided in small uh, activities, in, in small uh, actions. So uh, we have a big purpose, no? a, big, uh, a big goal, but also we have small goals. That is, that is in our uh, every actions, there is a purpose. There is a, there is a goal somewhere. So when we have the full understanding of that first full of understanding of the purpose of our actions, then it is, uh, it is fulfilled. For example, if, uh, uh, for example, if you are having a, a duty, a yogi, a yogi job in the kitchen, uh, and then, uh, and then your your job is to chop the vegetables. So you chop your vegetables, and then you are very mindful of what you are doing, and also. Uh, you are very mindful of uh, your object of meditation and then you sit very straight and uh, you are very aware of what is going on and uh, you are fully uh, conscious of, uh, of your object. And then you are so, uh, you are doing it so well that, uh, that you think sometimes that uh, you may look like a great meditator. So after two hours of uh, chopping your vegetable like a meditation master, then uh, you take your big bucket of vegetables and then you open the, the, the trash bin and you dump all your vegetables there. So this is lack of purpose. So that, that means you are, we can be very aware of something, but we can miss the goal. We can miss the purpose of our action. So when we are doing something, it is important to remember what is the purpose of what, what uh, we are doing. But also the purpose that uh, we should uh, remind ourselves of is a spiritual purpose. So when, you, when we are doing something, is that what we are doing, is it connected with uh, our spiritual goal? Is it connected with our spiritual uh, practice and our uh, spiritual uh, aim and purpose? So, if it is fulfilling that uh, condition, then uh, we can say that, uh, that the, the, the first type of uh, full understanding is, uh, is relatively uh, fulfilled. So, in every action, we are, we are aware of the purpose of that action. And then also we distinguish, okay, now is it, is it proper? Is it, uh, uh, is it what I want to do? And for what am I doing this, this, this thing? So the second, uh, the second type of uh, full understanding is the full, under full understanding of suitability. So uh, when we are doing something, it may be connected with our goal, it may be connected with our objective and uh, aspiration and uh, purpose. But uh, if it is not connected with what is suitable, 
uh, then uh, then it's not uh, correct. Like, like uh, the, the the full understanding will not be there. And uh, and uh, we have to see if it is uh, suitable or not. For example. Uh, uh, for example, last week I said that uh, everything has to be clean, and uh, we have to clean. We have to keep the environment clean. So then you think, ah, oh, I want to, I want to help everybody, and I want to keep the place clean here. And uh, and then in the middle of the group sitting, you come, uh, you come in the hall with your vacuum air cleaner, and then you start to, uh, to clean everything. Is it suitable or not suitable? This is not suitable. So although it may be purposeful. Uh, you know, and although you may keep your meditation while doing while doing those things, it is not connected. It is not suitable. So we have to distinguish when we are doing something, if it is suitable or if it is not suitable. So the third one is. Uh, the full understanding of uh, resort. So it is called Gochara Sampajanya. And uh, that is uh, like the, the, the word Gochara means uh, the pasture. So the pasture, the, the pasture of the, the cows. But actually the like Go is, the, is cow and Chara uh, is the pasture, is walking. Or, uh, feeding. So uh, that means what is the resort? What is the what? What are we feeding our mind with? What is the mental? What is the resort? Mental resort. The mental resort. What is our domain? The the mental domain of uh, of our activity. You don't understand. I think. So, suppose we are doing something. Hmm? Suppose we are doing something. What is the mind doing at that time? Huh? What is the mind doing at that time? With what are we feeding the mind uh, at that time? So this is this is what we call the uh, the full understanding of. Uh, of resort, and then that means that uh, if it, it, this is related to meditation, actually, and uh, and that means that if we are able to keep the mind on a meditation object, on a meditation subject, hmm, so we have uh, officially, I mean traditionally, there are uh, forty meditation subjects for the samatha. So when we say that. Uh, to, to keep the full understanding of resort. That means uh, we have to keep the mind on the meditation object. Mm. So we are doing something and then at the same time, where is our mind? Is our mind on, our medit on the meditation subject that we have chosen? Suppose we are walking and then we want to be aware of uh, anapanasati. So at that time, if we are walking, is the mind occupied? with uh, anapanasati, is the resort of the mind, is the pasture of the mind anapanasati. Hmm? So this is what is the meaning. It is related to the meditation object that we shall keep in our mind. 
So when we are doing something, we should be aware of uh, of where the mind is, uh, where the mind is, and if the mind is occupied with the meditation uh, that we have chosen of. And this relates uh, to the meditation of samatha, and also uh, to the meditation of uh, vipassana. If we are practicing vipassana at that time, we are we are very aware of what is the object of our mind. So the meditation that we are giving to our mind, the meditation that we should practice in continuity, because that sati sampajanya, the full on the mindfulness and full understanding, that means it has to be done in all the posture, it has to be done all the time, in all the activities of our life, all the activities of our day. And uh, so uh, with uh, that gochara, with that resort, uh, we have to see that uh, the continuity is not broken. So we are giving ourselves one meditation subject, hmm? but also alternatives sometimes can be given, and also it can be uh, complementary. One uh, subject would be the main subject, and also uh, you have second secondary uh, subject, like if you go to college or sometimes to university, then you may have a major uh, in one topic, and then you have a minor in something else. So the minor is going to complete your uh, your major degree, your major team, your major uh, uh, topic, your major major subject of the, of study. So uh, it is called like the mula kamatana, and then the other one is uh, another type of. Uh, meditation subject. So we have one meditation subject that is the main uh, subject and then sometimes we can complement it. But uh, here, like uh, the way we, 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 we are approaching the meditation is that uh, uh, first we develop only, only one uh, meditation uh, subject up to uh, the level of uh, satisfaction and then after that we learn another meditation subject and then we go like that very method, met, methodically so that uh, we can cover a, a relative uh, wide field of meditation subjects. So when uh, we have mastered one meditation subject or we have kind of become familiar with one meditation subject then we complete it with another one and then we specialize in that other one until satisfaction and then we go like this and once all the meditation or many meditation meditation subjects have been completed then we can learn how to how to balance them how to use uh, how to use one and then complete it with uh, with another one so uh, it is it is uh, it is how it is uh, worked out so first we get a strong one we get established on a, on a strong one like now most of you are practicing anapanasati so you don't have alternative so much. 
you know, a little bit of alternative, but uh, you are not given the possibility to develop uh, object, uh, obvious uh, type of uh, alternative. But eventually it will come, like you can practice Anapanasati and in sometimes, and then combine it with the meditation on the four uh, element at another time. Mm. Or sometimes you can practice uh, the meditation of Anapanasati when you are sitting and then when you are walking you are practicing uh, the, pra the, the, the meditation on metta, on uh, loving kindness and things like this. But now it is better not to do it because we will not, you will not be successful in your, uh, in your main meditation object. So now you just try to keep your main meditation object all the time. And uh, this is called uh, full understanding of resort. And then the fourth type of uh, full understanding is full, full understanding of a non-delusion. So when you practice the vipassana, then the mind uh, becomes, starts to understand the reality as it is, and uh, your object of meditation is uh, the object of the vipassana. So it's called the full understanding of non-delusion. So I don't know if those four uh, type of full understanding are clear to you. Hmm? I will re repeat them again. So we have the full understanding of purpose. Then we have the full understanding of suitability. And the third one is the full understanding of mental resort. And the fourth one is the full understanding of non-delusion. Is it understood? Huh? So this is combined all the time with mindfulness. So mindfulness is combined all the time with that type of understanding, that type of wisdom, that, that type of discernment. It's also a discernment because you have to be very aware of what you, what you are doing and then also which state of mind that uh, you are carrying when, when you are doing uh, all the activities that uh, you have to do in the life. Sometimes now I, I would like to uh, to add something else that uh, that can fit everywhere. It can fit with uh, with the with the mindfulness and full, full understanding, and also it can fit with other uh, aspect of your practice. Is the 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 practice of the four posture, the four bodily posture. So, uh, in general, in life, we can say that. Uh, there are four uh, physical postures that we are having. We can be sitting, we can be uh, standing, we can be walking, or we can be lying down. So those are the four postures. And then between that, then th there are uh, movement of the of, uh, uh, body parts for doing things. But basically, we have the four postures. So the four po postures can be also uh, an object of meditation. And also it can be a tool uh, to, uh, to work uh, on your meditation. So when it becomes, when the four postures become uh, your object of meditation, then this type of meditation is the meditation on the four element meditation. And now you have not uh, yet started to do that. Hmm? 
because when you put your attention on uh, on your body, then you develop uh, the, the the consciousness of the of the elements that are in your body, and this is a specific type of meditation. But uh, uh, that type of meditation, the the, the meditation on the awareness of the posture can be also used for other purposes. And uh, this I will explain <laughs> after the next one. What are the other purposes and how can we use the four postures to, uh, uh, to complete our meditation? So there is a story in the Visuddhimagga that uh, about an elder monk, and uh, that monk was very famous, and uh, he was a very uh, well-known teacher. And uh, at the end of his life, uh, many people came and came and paid respect, respect to him, and they wanted to meet him. They knew that he was old and he was uh, getting ready to uh, to pass away. So when at a certain point. Uh, when uh, people were coming, so his disciple told him, "Oh, now many people are coming to see you, and and then you must uh, you must have a you must have a very great uh, spiritual achievement." And uh, then the monk said, "No, no, I don't have anything, you know. And uh, actually, I I am uh, I, I I didn't achieve anything. And uh, but however, just give me a few minutes and." Uh, then you come after that. So uh, his disciple, they went, and then the monk uh, stayed, uh, you know, just for a few minutes, uh, quiet by himself. And uh, after a few minutes, he called back the, his disciple, and uh, and then he told them, "Now uh, I have uh, finished my duty, and uh, I have finished my work. That means uh, he is liberated. That means he attained a rightship." And uh, then all the monks, the, the, all his disciples, they say, oh, how wonderful this is, that, uh, and how difficult it is, and how, how amazing this is. And just in a few minutes, you can attain a rightship. Mm-hmm. And then he said to, uh, to his disciple, he said, oh, no, to attain a rightship was not very difficult. What was very difficult was uh, to have full... Uh, to be mindful and to have full awareness in all your activity. So to be mindful and fully aware is very difficult and also it is very demanding. So he was explaining how he was doing uh, that uh, mindfulness and full awareness and then he was uh, saying that uh, in every movement, before doing anything, then he will consider. Now is it purposeful? Is it suitable? And is uh, uh, is my mind on my meditation subject? And uh, is my mind uh, free from delusion? So before doing anything, you will be aware of that. And sometimes, if you will move something, if if you if we will move uh, from one position to another position, and he had not moved mindfully, fully understanding, then. It will stop and it will start it will start again. So all the time, whatever he was doing, he was fully uh, aware and fully uh, understanding. He was mindful and fully uh, knowing.
So although uh, although this is uh, quite advanced, uh, you know, to 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 reach that 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 uh, those stage, that means we 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 need to have practice uh, to some uh, to some extent. But uh, in the text, the next step, uh, the next step is regarding the uh, regarding the five hindrances. So once uh, someone is able to 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 guard the senses and then to 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 be aware and to be contented and to observe the precepts, then uh, he can go to the seclusion and start to to practice the meditation. And then what uh, what the person are facing, like uh, you may be facing from time to time, is the five hindrances. So. So they say in the text that, uh, for example, uh, abandoning abandoning uh, co- 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 covetousness for the world, he abides uh, with a mind free from covetousness, covetousness. He purifies his mind from covetousness, and then it goes like that with the with the other uh, four entrances. So what are those uh, five entrances? Uh, you probably know them. And uh, if you don't know them, you have for sure experienced them. So you should remind, you should uh, um, know them uh, again. Just remind yourself what they are. So the first uh, entrance is the entrance of sense desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the second entrance is the entrance of uh, ill will. The third entrance is the entrance of uh, restlessness and worry. And the fifth hindrance is the hindrance of doubt. So, under the influence of uh, the hindrances, one is unable to understand what is good for one or what is good for others. And uh, one is not able to gain concentration and one is not also able to gain any kind of insight. So the entrances are uh, a must for us to understand and also to, for us to purify our mind from those entrances. So the entrances are defilements that block our vision. It is blocking the, uh, uh, the, 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 the seeing of the reality. And it is obstructing the development of the, the enlightenment factors, and uh, it is obstructing uh, the, 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 the development of uh, uh, everything. So, how to deal with uh, those hindrances? Uh, that that will be a question. So, the text say that uh, in the Satipatthana text they say okay now the, there are two steps to, uh, to understand and then to, to, uh, to, to deal with those hindrances and uh, uh, the first step is uh, the importance of recognizing them so first uh, the person know about those five hindrances huh? so you know the, the five hindrances you know them by, by uh, you know them by name so you know when they are there, you know when they are not there, hmm? when they are present or when they are absent. 
This is the first step. And then the second step is, you know, what are the conditions for their arising? What are their, the conditions for their uh, disappearance? And what are the conditions that are uh, blocking them from coming back again? So, so it is very important to know when there is an entrance, it is important to know uh, which type of, that now the mind is having an entrance. So uh, what do we do uh, in cases of, the, of that? So the first thing is that uh, to recognize the entrance as it is, if we have passion, if we have greed, or you know, if we are ex- excited, or if we are angry, or if uh, we are restless or full of doubts, or any of those defilements, uh, there will be a red signal in uh, in our mind, and then then it means okay now there is a there is a slight difficulty. Be aware, be know what is happening. So, just the fact of knowing what is happening, then uh, it solves a big deal of the of of the difficulty because we know what is going on, and. Uh, by knowing what is going on, we can under- understand also uh, what is happening, and then we can understand uh, uh, the, the, the things by themselves. We can understand uh, what are the, 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 the causes and the conditions that, that are uh, supporting those factors. But uh, we have to know them with a ob- very obje- objective and observing uh, uh, state of mind. So when an hindrance is present, we are aware of it. Mm? And when it is absent, also we can be aware of it. So just the fact of recognizing, just the fact of being mindful when an hindrance is uh, arising, is, uh, can by itself, it has enough power to, uh, to, to, to help us get rid of the hindrance. We have nothing else to do than to know, okay, now the hindrance of uh, ill will is there in my mind. Okay, now how do we experience, how do we look at the ill will, at the anger, or how do we look at the, 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 the sense desire that is overpowering, that, that, that is overpowering us? Hmm? So how do we do that? We, just, uh, we are just uh, fully conscious of it and just experience it by, uh, physically and also mentally, and then we don't do anything. We are just aware now there is a big turmoil, there is a big, uh, uh, a big uh, thing that is, uh, that is coming on my mind. So the simple recognition of, uh, of an hindrance as it arises, uh, it is helping us, it is, it is the opposite of suppression, we don't suppress it. Huh? We, we are aware, okay, now there is, a, there is a psychological or there is a, a, a trouble that is affecting us. And, uh, and then also, uh, we don't indulge in it. So it is, it is the middle path between the self-indulgence and the suppression. So it is just the, the, the simple awareness of what is there. And then by looking at the entrance, the entrance, uh, as it is, then uh, then it may it may it may it may it may go by itself. 
So when it's not there, then we are aware also that the, the hindrance is not there. So sometimes we can check if we have hindrance or if we don't have hindrance. So when it's not there, then also we can feel very happy. Oh, now I, I have no hindrances in my mind. So the second, the second step or the second stage of, uh, of observing the hindrances is, is to know uh, is to know what are the conditions that uh, have them to arise and what are the conditions that are um, having them uh, helping us to, 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 to get rid of those of them. So uh, every uh, every hindrance uh, has a cause. Huh? So we have to know what is the cause and uh, try to to get rid of it. So also the uh, the awareness of uh, the hindrances when they are coming can be uh, can be dealt with with the posture. So suppose you are sitting and then the hindrance is overpowering you, then you don't do anything and you just observe. You don't you don't change your position. You stay in the sitting position and you are aware that the hindrance has arisen, and uh, you observe it until it disappears. So the same with the four the the, po the four position. If you are standing, then you are just aware. Now my mind is uh, is uh, disturbed by uh, hindrance. So uh, or walking or lying down, you don't change your position. So also, if it is not, if it is not working, if you are not able to. Uh, if it does not go by itself, then there are also some antidotes that uh, that we uh, that we can uh, develop to uh, to get rid of those uh, five hindrances. So the f so the text they give some uh, some way to uh, to get rid of the hindrances and uh, for example the hindrances of sense desire. Or then they say, if you develop the opposite, like if you are able to, to the cause of the sense desire or, or passion or is the, is the need, is the, the habit that we have or the habit that has been given to our self of uh, always satisfying our desire, always satisfying our greed and passion and things like this. So we are in a mood of, uh, of of uh, wanting to satisfy our senses, so because of that, the, because of that habit, then the the sense desire will will arise again and again. So by uh, reflecting properly or by developing the opposite of uh, that type of uh, of gratification by some specific meditation, like uh, the meditation on fullness, then. It, it it can it can help to uh, to uh, to uh, to lower the, the the sense desire. Also, if we are able to guard the f the, the senses, then it can help to uh, to reduce the sense uh, the sense desire. So the same thing, not the same thing, but uh, there are antidotes and uh, ways to to counterbalance the. Other entrance like the aversion, it will the second entrance, 
if someone uh, is able to practice metta a little bit, then uh, it can combat uh, the hindrance of, uh, of aversion. Or if someone uh, consider wisely uh, the effect of karma, and also if someone is seeing the, the good qualities of other people instead of seeing their bad qualities, then uh, it, can, it can help us to, uh, to, to remove the, the hindrance of ill will. And uh, the hindrance of sloth and torpor, then uh, sometimes we can be uh, careful ab uh, about the amount of food that we are uh, taking, or sometimes we can change the posture, maybe the posture is not suitable, or sometimes also we can uh, have a mental clarity, develop light, develop the perception of light. But it's not only physical, like uh, you can go outdoors and then open your eyes and perceive the light, but actually, it can uh, also reflect, it can also deal with uh, the internal light. That is, if you get uh, very clear, if your mind is very uh, uh, alert, and also if your mind has a lot of uh, discernment, then uh, then the mind becomes bright. And this is called, uh, the, it is uh, bringing, bringing mental uh, clarity. And uh, fourth, the fourth, uh, Endurance is the endurance of uh, restlessness and worry. So, if uh, someone to combat that uh, that type of endurance, uh, if someone knows the text well and uh, is able to find uh, uh, good answers and ask questions regarding the meaning of the of the text and the, the meaning of the teachings, then it can help to uh, to reduce the restlessness. And also, if someone is based very well based in the in the in the practice of morality and knows what is right and what is wrong uh, in the sense of uh, of uh, ethics, then uh, it is helping all the time to uh, to reduce the uh, the state of uh, agitation. But actually, there is no. Uh, uh, there is no, this is just the text and this is just the, the commentaries, actually there is no specific remedy for, for, for that uh, um, hindrance. For example, today the, some, one, one meditator asks, uh, okay, now what shall I do about the restlessness that uh, I am having, my mind is uh, agitated. Uh, so the Sado said, oh, you should think about that, you should think about your own death. And this is going to give you a sense of uh, urgency. Mm -hmm. This is giving. This is going to give you a sense of uh, uh, of a sangvega, a sense of uh, of uh, not losing uh, the time. So this type of advice is not uh, is not here. It's not. Uh, it's not really in, the, in that text. Mm -hmm. So we have to find what are the ways that uh, that are helping us to combat the. Uh, the hindrances. And then uh, the fifth hindrance, the hindrance of doubt, then uh, also the same thing. A good knowledge of the text is very helpful and then to ask questions. If we have doubts or if we have restlessness, but especially doubts, we, we don't know what is right and we don't know what is wrong, we don't know what we should do and what we should not do, then we can ask questions about the practice and also questions about uh, what we are doubting so that our doubts are going to, uh, to, to, to be removed.
and the same thing if you are also well established and know uh, the basic rules of uh, of proper conduct and morality then uh, uh, it is helping to uh, to remove your doubts and also uh, if you are committed like if you commit yourself to something very strongly so a strong commitment to something good it will it is going to to help you to remove the doubts that uh, you may be having Once uh, you are able to deal with the five hindrances, and uh, once uh, the five hindrances are, are kept at bay, once they are not uh, obs- not obs- not uh, obsessing your mind, then uh, someone is very close to the jhana. Huh? And uh, if someone is not able to deal with the hindrances properly, then uh, it's very difficult to remain in the jhana for a long time. And in the text, they say that uh, uh, if someone is not able to purify his mind or her mind, then uh, then he cannot stay in jhana for a long time, just like a king uh, in a in, in a garden. If the, the if the garden is is dirty, the king is not able to 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 remain there for a long time because the king is always used to live in, in palace and everything is uh, first class. So uh, it's the same thing with the jhana. When we start to to enter the jhana, if the mind is uh, is full of uh, things that are not uh, very suitable and uh, uh, on all some, then the mind is not able to uh, to settle uh, to settle there. So, uh, with the hindrances, it is very important to recognize them and then to know them and then to to find a way out of them and to be honest about them. Mm-hmm. Another way also is not to pay attention so much to them, mm-hmm. uh, but actually wisdom is always necessary. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like for example. Uh, if if we have a car, uh, if you have a car, mm, so uh, you can drive you can drive your car. But actually, there are things that we need to check on the car. If the tire are are uh, have enough air, if there is enough gasoline in the in the tank, if there is enough oil, and uh, there are many things that that needs to be checked for for the car to uh, to go properly on the road. Uh, and uh, Sometimes we need to check before going on a journey if if everything is is okay. Otherwise, uh, we, we will go on the road and and the car will not go at the the proper speed because there is a problem. But the thing is that uh, uh, if we are always checking, uh, okay, we are always putting the window uh, our head out of the windows if the if the tires are uh, in a fair. Uh, and then, if we get out and check the mirror, and then uh, open the open the the, the the thing to 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 see if there is enough water in the in in the carburetor, I think it's called. So uh, then we will not go anywhere. Also, so it's important to know what is going on, but also it's important to know uh, where we are going, and then to decide. Okay, now uh, the car is is okay. I am going, and then you don't check again and again, just from time to time. So when doing like that, then the jhana are very close, and the, the jhanas are, are actually in the, in those texts. It is a step. The the, the, the next step is uh, the attainment of the jhana. So when once you get uh, all those things established, then uh, then the jhanas will uh, will be coming. And uh, for 
some of you this is uh, this is already happening and uh, i think that uh, many of you also are, are on the good uh, on the good uh, on the good road on the good uh, on the good path to it so i think you, you should continue like this and uh, be encouraged also the jhanas uh, this they call about the jhana they say that the jhanas are the footsteps of the tathagata yeah so the Buddhas, they practice the jhanas. So the, 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 the jhanas are very important. And the jhanas also are essential for somebody who wants to, to, to develop uh, and to understand deeply uh, the, the, the process of life. Mm. The jhanas is just suppressing the defilements. Jhana is not enough. There are also other steps that, that needs to be done. And sometimes also there are some methods where the jhanas are not absolutely necessary. But here, the jhanas are, are described as the footsteps of the Tathagata, and it is important. So I don't need to make a, to resume what I have said. Hmm? I think you are, maybe you, uh, you probably know. So the next steps also are, are just uh, different types of knowledge <coughs> that someone will have when the meditation is, uh, is developing. And the final uh, step or the final stage is uh, liberation or freedom. So I will stop here. Thank you. If you have any questions, you please uh, you can ask me or maybe you can ask me. Sorry. Only one or two, just a few texts. We don't need to know the whole library and then to, to, to go into academic study. It is useful to know a lot of texts, huh? because the more you know, the more also you have a wider scope of, uh, of tools, a wider scope of uh, adjusting your practice and also understanding your practice. So it is very good to have a, a lot of knowledge. It's always useful for, for a meditator, because, knowledge, because the information that we get from the, from the text is knowledge, and then the knowledge is, uh, is, is just brings more, more tools to our understanding. But however, uh, what is important is only is mostly to know something very well. So sometimes you have people who know only one text and then they know it very well, and then that text will be enough to uh, to to uh, to give them uh, the results and very good uh, results in the meditation. So there, there are essential texts, or there are basic texts that uh, that uh, you should know, or that it's good to uh, sometimes to read and then to remember and then to ponder, to 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 questions and try try to understand. So when you when we are reading when we are reading a text, a sutta or a saying of the Buddha, then we get a lot of joy, and also we get a lot of because it is bringing understanding. Yes, this is in one text. But also, when you study the text, you will see that there are some patterns that are repeated in one text and then another text. So this, this the description that I just gave is uh, you can find that in the in the middle length saying. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, in many texts there you will find the same the same description you just open the book and, uh, and, and you will uh, uh, you will come across that Yes, it's it's non non delusion. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's not it's not the fourth type of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Like it's a mindfulness, and then the, the mindfulness that we are having is accompanying is accompanying is accompanying with uh, with the full understanding. So mindfulness is always the same, but uh, the full understanding are described as a four full understanding, and the fourth one is that non delusion. So uh, we will stop here then if you don't have any more questions.